So full energy from bed right here Cause they're my enemies Subscribe and like, rate and review Your hosts of the day be Couple guests too We're gonna win a trophy when overdue Can we do the double make it deja vu It's a move London thing Third one is only on the wing Harry's one of our own nine and in He's only got one E but let's see the king And we got Delhi Ali that's talking With the show side, with the show side With the show side's what we sing With the show side, with the show side It's a new flood to me. Hello and welcome to the Shelfside Podcast, episode 31. Kwabna, you're a new man. Yeah, 31, we're getting there, getting up. Bro, I don't even know any 31 days, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for it. You don't even prepare for the squad number. You just go for it organically. Yeah, because, I love it. Yeah, I just feel like... like do you know, if I started from the beginning, I'm no joking, it would have been so impressive. It would have been so impressive. What, like number one? You got like, I would have just knocked the ball out of I think I would have got from one... To, I think I would have got from one to like... 14? Nah, I think I would have got to one to 27 comfortably, you know. You didn't know who 14 was? What do you, no, I said, you just need to name A14. But no, I, I, knew, oh, yeah, no, true, I, true. I knew 14 was um, was Roden, but like before then, before him, it was um, yeah. it was uh, Modric. And before Modric, it was Ginola. And before Ginola, it was... Wait, are you saying there was nobody who wore 14 between who was Modric it? Who, and who, who, who wore it before Modric? No, not before Modric, after Modric. Sorry, yeah. Arsenal, yeah, I don't, who, no, I don't remember anyone being, no, don't think anyone was. Okay, we'll have to look that up. Yeah. If any of the listeners know, then let us know, but I'm going to have to look that up. I can't believe nobody wore 14 but since Modric. It's almost like it was retired. Yeah, man. All good, all good. How are you anyway? Yeah, I'm all right, man. I'm all right, thanks. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad. It's been a strange week in football, don't you think? Like, we've had... The passing of a great in Diego Maradona. Yeah, um, definitely grew up on him. I think he's a legitimate candidate for probably. If we forget the Messi's and Cristiano's, because they're still playing, <clears throat> and even if you include the Eusebio, the Zidane's, the real Ronaldo and um, Ronaldinho and Zizou, <clears throat> I think I said him. If you include all of those. Um, I still think Maradona's one or two best footballers in the world. One of ever. One or time. two. Yeah. I would I wouldn't have Maradona above Messi personally. No, forget Messi right now because they're yeah, not they, yeah, playing. If, if someone's if someone's already in that conversation, they're not even done yet. Come on, like what's the what's the point of ignoring them? I don't know. I don't know. Messi's. I don't know. You, you, Messi is in the mold of. Maradona, he's a 10, plays for Argentina, diminutive figure, uh, but didn't hasn't done it for the national team. So when you compare him that to is, Maradona, that will always be... That is, that's I'm just telling you. No, no, that's true. But then also, back then, the national team was the height of... That was the height of men's football. Now, yeah, the height true. of men's football is European club competitions, which Messi has dominated many a time. So that's why context is important. So then Cristiano, by that note, is better than Messi's, and he won one more Champions League than Messi. Uh, Messi's won Champions League four times, I think. Who, Messi? Yeah, yeah. Cristiano's won it five, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, but the reason I would still say that Messi over Ronaldo is because Ronaldo's never turned up in the final, whereas Messi's dominated finals. 
Okay, can we just call him Cristiano until he's earned Ronaldo? Because the R nine is still out there. Uh, yeah. Fine, Cristiano has not has not dominated. He's not. <laughs> Bale has dominated two finals. Yes, very true. And and Ronaldo never very, has. Very Ronaldo true. never has. So to me, until you dominate a final, don't come to me with your flipping uh, Champions League like. From time from time, people like Sergio Ramos and and Bale are having to bail you out. You can't be Ooh. you can't be talking about yourself like that. You can't. We all we all know. We all played in these games where, like, yeah, you've been a, you've been on the winning side, but you weren't the guy. And if you want to be if you want to be in goat status, like, you need to be the guy in every final. Messi has been the guy. When they took part, when they took apart Juventus, he was the guy. When they took when they took apart Man United twice, he was the guy. Like. That's why people. That's why yeah. people question. Like when you talk about basketball, people talk about why. Oh, why is um, Kobe not in the conversation for GOAT and it's LeBron and and MJ? Well, because three of Kobe's five rings belong to Shaq, because Shaq was the guy. Whereas, yeah, I hear that. So that, that's just the argument, man. No, it is an argument. It's a fair argument. Um, I just know the CR seven fans out there are probably coming with their arguments, but. I'm not a CR7 fan, I'm messy all day, so I'm in agreement, so I'm not going to present any arguments to you on that point. But let's move it on. We had the passing of Papa Diop as well this week, uh, which was, to us, unexpected, but had been ill. So RIP to both of those footballing legends. Uh, We've also also had the um, unfortunate... um, Incident yesterday, I don't know if you saw the game between Wolves and that, that lot down the road. And yeah, Jimenez, these. man. And Jimenez, yeah. So it's revealed today that Jimenez had a fractured skull. It's crazy. So I think that's similar to what um, Ryan Mason had. Yeah, was yeah. It? And we all know that Ryan uh, Mason had to retire at 26, which is way early for a footballer to retire. Um, and, I mean, we wish Jimenez a speedy recovery. No one likes to see it. And even David Luiz, um, not a fan, um, obviously plays for the enemy, but it's never nice. Um, we'll probably miss Saturday. He played on till half-time, and it posed the question, uh, I think Ryan Mason was furious that the league um, didn't have protocols in place that meant that he would have to come off straight away, because he played on. It was literally the, feels like the fifth minute. They had ten minutes of time to deal with both injuries. And then he played until half time. So he yeah. played on for, call it 40 minutes, where he couldn't actually head a ball. But he was in a position where he probably might have to head a ball, and which could have caused him a lot more damage. It's kind of ridiculous. I don't know what your thought was on it. I know he's probably, you don't care because he's a gooner, but. No, I mean, anyone else? I, I just feel like you should look about, you should think about life first and foremost. And if there's a slight chance that someone might have long lasting effects from this, then you just got to, you've got to nip it in the bud. There's no reason why he should be playing on. Like the fact that they only took him off because there was it was starting to bleed and he couldn't head up because of that. Like it's neither here nor there. They need to understand that he was put in a situation where he's had high impact. Like the whole point of having substitutions, the whole point, like all of that, is for these situations. The players thinking that they are tough or they can continue or blah, blah, blah that's that's not even important as a medical professional on a team such as you know arsenal or premier league any premier league team right it's not about once if someone is going off a fracture skull it's gone to hospital you're also involved in that clash i think by proxy they should be taken off like 
it shouldn't be a, it shouldn't Agreed. be a debate. It should not be a debate. They need to tighten it up because the thing about football is because it's not as it's not seen as high contact as some of the other sports where concussion protocols are taken into place, like NFL, like rugby union. People kind of think that they can just you know bandage up. They've seen pictures of of Terry Butcher back in the day, like yeah. just bandage head. Yeah, Paul Ince and blah blah. Some of them, man, I'm sure they've forgotten a couple of things. Probably got slurred speech. Like, do you want to be like that? Just come off the pitch, man. It shouldn't be a conversation. It should just be a... This guy's he's had high impact, heavy impact of another human being. A skull on skull. Everyone's coming off, bruv. That's it. Everyone's coming off. That's it. It's the luck yeah, of the draw. I agree. And I saw somebody, I can't remember who, mentioned today that they should potentially include in a um, concussion protocol uh, a concussion substitute. Which kind of makes sense because you almost don't take somebody off because if they can play on, they are a key player and you have to use one of your subs, especially early in the game. As a manager, you may be reluctant to because you don't think about life first. So maybe that's not a bad shout if you get a free sub based on that. And obviously people would have to be honest, but I think it will be obvious and evident like it was yesterday. But just to to cap off the... um, weird weekend i don't know if you're a formula one fan but did you see grosjean oh yeah the, the the crash yeah yeah and him escaping just from a few, a few would burns. have been yeah it's crazy it's crazy crazy weekend crazy weekend of sport but anyway we've got a lot to get through haven't we we have got a lot to get through we have got a lot to get through but um no time at the present we are gonna start i think it's only right that we start with the weekend's result. We played out a nil-nil draw with Chelsea. And, I mean, look, it was a very drab result, man. There's no way to, like, dress up. The, the most exciting thing about this was some of Ndombele's turns out of, like, <laughs> out, of, <laughs> out of one sandwich between two Chelsea. I, I will never tire of seeing him spin, like, um, Kante and Silva, like, he just did it so calm, yeah. man. That guy's a joy to watch. Um, yeah, agreed. It was just, it was just, it was lovely. But the game itself was dead. Um, I think from an attacking point of view, I never actually felt we were going to get anything out of it. I didn't think, I didn't think. Even in the first half? No, I didn't see us, I didn't see us um, scoring, like, at all. I didn't see us scoring at all, man. Um, but it was, I mean, people are going to talk about how it's a Mourinho masterclass. And it's frustrating. Uh, many years ago, Mourinho criticised us for coming to Stamford Bridge with Jackson Tini and playing at a nil-nil draw. Yeah. Accused us of parking the bus. And yep. history's just repeating itself. But um, this time, he's on the other side and he's uh, he's pretty chuffed with it. Different circumstances. I think context is really, really important. I think we're in a situation where having a nil-nil draw at Stamford Bridge, where we are currently... Don't know if we'll be doing it long term, but currently we are fighting for the title. We'd all take that point. We're not happy about the way it looked because we have a long tradition of playing great football and exciting, getting our fans off their feet. That's what we've always been known for. But we've also been very frustrated where we've tried to play that way and been picked off and come away with nothing. So for me, I'll take the result all day. Not happy about the way we played. But I admire the resilience. So, yeah, I mean, a tactical setup. You can't say Marina got it wrong. Um, I think that the biggest 
the biggest sign of respect was the fact that Lampard was at home, had spent over 200 mil on attacking players who had been playing well up to date and had been pretty much free, free scoring. And it came to Tottenham and they were shook in their own yard to attack. Like, what? Like, Lampard was like, oh, yeah, you know, in his post-match interview, he was like, I heard that. He was like oh, yeah. And the commentator said, well, no one was on top of the whole game. So I think it was wrong. I think we were on top of the whole game. Like, you may have had more possession. You didn't do anything with it. You can't really claim to be on top. This idea that you're on top of a game because you have possession. If your centre-backs are piloted between themselves over and over again and you're not making any advancement, you still got possession, but you're hurting anyone. You're not hurting anyone. So, Lampard has been a bit belligerent, but, you know, it's PR. Maybe he has to do that. But for him to not even try to attack with the, even what the resources that he had on his bench, for him to not come out and try and do a thing, shows... People are shook. They're shook. People don't want to end up like Southampton. They want to. They don't want to end up like Man United. They don't want to, they don't <laughs> no, want exactly. They don't want that. They don't want that sauce. They don't want it. I think you you touched on a good point. The last point there. I think we know it was a six pointer. It's early in the season. I'm not going to say title. I'm going to say we're fighting for top spot. That's where we are. We're in and yeah. amongst it. Right. We want to get back there. We knew a draw would take us back there. And this is what I touched on last week. If Liverpool's result didn't go the way they were expecting. Do we then need to gamble against Chelsea or do we take the draw? Now, I think Mourinho was like, I'm more than comfortable going away from home to Chelsea, who have spent 200 million plus, who are a threat, who are in this race, a true rival. Do we go and gamble or do we just manage the game? And I don't think we parked the bus. We didn't have 11 men behind the ball. I think we played with six men behind the ball. We played disciplined. We played to frustrate. We played to manage. And you look at it, right? If Bergwijn scores one of those chances or if Dombele gets one of those um, balls slipped through or if Son was playing better than he actually played yesterday or if Bergwijn used Reguilon on the overlap on the two or three times he overlapped him, other things could have taken place in that first half. We could have got that goal, and we know what happens once we get a goal up. We're happy to sit back and contain, and then we're going to hit people in the spaces on the counter. And that's what Lampard was scared of, of gambling his full-backs all the time. I know James got forward, but gambling too many men forward, knowing Don Bele can split a line or two just with a simple turn, find players of Son Kane's ability, not to mention um, Bergwijn as well with his pace. And yeah, before you know it, they're a goal down. So I think Lampard didn't want to lose. The pressure was on him at home and having spent all that money. So it meant that they didn't um, throw the dice. We were happy not to throw the dice. And to be honest with you, like you touched on, how many times have we gone to Stanford Bridge and say, oh, we, we played well there, but we didn't get a result. We didn't get the result we wanted. So... If this shows um, maturity, if this shows that we can get the result we want um, when we want it, yeah, win would have been great. But I think we played for um, not to concede and not to lose. And that's what we did. And we didn't manage to nick a goal. It happened. We move on. Four points from two games against City and Chelsea. No goals conceded. And four points is a good return. It's not, it's not bad at all, man. And I think the style is also really important. So, like you said, there are fine margins, so certain decisions I could have made things differently. But 
I mean, I didn't see them changing that much. I think tactically, we were sound. Everyone understood their position, their role. They, they showed a lot of street savvy. Um, so, you know, like we said, we'll take it. We'll take it. But I think, like we just alluded to, from a tactical point of view and the mentality point of view, we were kind of happy to take that. Um, what would you say was the most... Um, the most impressive performance? It's a hard one, really, because it was a bit of a gritty game, bit not much going on. Um, I know who you've gone for, uh, and I'm going to go with a defender. I'm going to go with a boy who made his full debut. I think that was a very difficult game to come into. And I know players have made the debut younger than him and come in and done okay. I mean, Tanganga did it. Um, but we got a draw. He didn't concede. Um, he's a Welsh international, yes. He's 23, yes. He's played games in the championship, yes. But realistically, this is his full debut. I mean, he's played a couple of minutes here and there. Uh, but to come in and look largely composed, he made a mistake. Could have been punished. He wouldn't be the first defender in the league to make a mistake. But I tell you what. I can say this, he looked more composed and comfortable than Sanchez probably ever has. Now, I've tra- championed Sanchez on occasions, and certainly at the beginning, but he looked more composed than Sanchez. So, for him to come in and do that, obviously was marshalled by the man, the Colossus, the almost legend, number 15, Eric Dyer, your mate. Relax, relax. So, relax. that helped. Calm down. <laughs> but I'm going with Roden. Or Rodden. I think he's. I think he he gave a good account of himself. And what I was actually quite. I was. I was. People said that he's comfortable with the ball at his feet. He was way more assured than I thought it would be. Don't get me wrong. He didn't bring out the ball like Vertonghen or anything. But he was very, very calm with Man the ball. Man said Vertonghen, you know. Yeah, I said he wasn't. <laughs> he was very I calm know. with the ball at his feet, though. And um, and that was really that was a really encouraging sign for me. He used his height for sure, like jewels and stuff. He didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't. Didn't shirk. He didn't shirk from them. I mean, obviously he had a wobble, twice. One led to a Vern opportunity, and the other one to the other one to a Giroud opportunity. But he will learn. He will learn. Like I'm. I'm comfortable. I'm more than comfortable with him doing that. Like being there and 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 I think we have someone now we can bring in to play that role. And that's we've got to we've got to be encouraged by that because in recent past we've we've signed some youngsters who are a bit uh, untested, and then they kind of don't get blooded in, and then they just disappear. Right? This was a high-profile game we came into. The same way Tanganga came into a high-profile game against Liverpool. So he, at least you know the level of quality he has, and hopefully he continues to be part of the mix. I think he meet, having him there means that we will rest um, Toby more often. It means that we will be able to play a centre back pairing of perhaps him and Tanganga against um, our FA Cup uh, opposition, who are the Mar- Marine something Marines, some non-league team. I've forgotten. I don't want to disrespect them, but I've forgotten their name. Um, I, I haven't even seen the draw. Have we got them? Yeah, I haven't we've, seen we've it. got. Um, I'll, I'll find it. I don't want to disrespect anyone's name because you know, I'm. Uh, I try to be. A You're nice, not me. I try to be a nice guy. I mean, I don't want to say it. Don't want to say it. Um, <laughs> no, no. You, yeah, you, you intimated enough. It, you intimated enough. No, no. It's, yeah, it is yeah. Marine. I think it right. Yeah. So Marine, and we're their eighth tier in the league. So we'll be playing them. 
Um, so, yeah, we'll be playing them away. I would like to see um, a centre-back pairing of Odin and, and Tanganga. I'd love to see that. But, uh, I think you might. We'll I think see. you might see it. We'll see. So yeah, I think yeah, you're right, man. Um, I think I think he gave a performance of himself, good account of himself. I went for the legend that is. Whoa, whoa. What? What's your problem? What's your problem? We need a drum roll if you're saying things like legend. What do you mean? What do you mean? No, no go on. Say say your thing. Say your thing. I won't interrupt you again. Say your thing. Okay, because because I feel like I feel like there should be. I I just feel that's automatic. When I hear his name, I I hear I hear the drum rolls just running in my head, and that's Serge Aurier. Serge, Serge Aurier was fantastic on um, on Sunday. He was he managed to stand out in a game where it would seem that you know he's up against another high profile winger in um in the Czech and Werner. Like you know they like to they like to swap in and out, but um he kept Werner quiet. But what was really impressive is that against Man City, he dug in and he only defended, right? Because they were not everyone, but people say that Sergio is someone who you know they question his level of intelligence on the football pitch. So if he has to do, if he has to attack, he'll do that one thing and he'll do really well. But you have to offset that against the fact that he's going to allow. You got to allow for the defensive errors that he's going to make. So that's why you bring someone like Sissoko in. And then against Man City, he spent his whole time defending, so you don't have to worry about attack. Just let him defend, and I guess he does that and does that really well. But he had an impact. He had one of our very few meaningful um, attempts on goal, and he also kept Werner yeah, quiet the whole time. He was he he took the initiative in the tackle. He stepped into the tackle. He didn't wait for people to come and try and use his pace to get out of situations. He stepped into the tackle, which is you only want assured defenders doing that. But he did that, and he looks accomplished while doing it. So for me, his performance was fantastic. Um, it was really encouraging, and he's becoming the full in this in the last three or four games. He's becoming the fullback that I thought he was going to become under Pochettino. Because Pochettino has had a great, a great track record with fullbacks. So I just thought Oreo, someone yeah. who had he has physicality, he has pace, he has great. Um, when he came in from when he came from. Uh, PSG. PSG. He had. He was known for having great crossing ability and had like a record number of assists for for a fullback. So, you know, I thought that he would be that guy. It didn't happen. But what he's done over the past three or four games has allowed us to trust him. So it's physical. Before people would say dirty because there aren't going to be that many mistakes. Completely understand and agree with that. But then what you get from Oreo now is that you have someone who has the athleticism to go with not making mistakes. And as long as he's not making mistakes, he's got to be first choice. And I agree. Um, I don't know about legend, but he could <laughs> become a legend. He has the raw ability, the raw credentials to be a top fullback. We've always said this about Oreo. And I've slammed Aurier for his brainless decisions at times. And a lot of those brainless decisions, a bit like Sanchez, come from... Always trying to win the ball when sometimes you don't need to win the ball. You just jockey mm-hmm. and let the man turn out. And I think that's really my only criticism of Aurier. And some of his crossing ability, um, some of his crosses haven't been great on occasions. But I tell you what, when he pull, puts his game together, he can become an X-factor out on the right-hand side. And you saw the ability he has in the final third. That was probably one of our best opportunities on goal. Um that he nice little turn and shot. Yeah, good and interchange. You're right. With, um, who was it that passed in the ball? 
I think it was Son, from memory. Is could it? be wrong. Oh. I thought we had blonde hair, but I was trying to work out who else that could have been. It's only Kane. Yeah, yeah but, it is, but it definitely it? wasn't Kane. But anyway, yeah. We'll have to watch the yeah, tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have to watch uh, so, and he, yeah, he largely kept Werner quiet. He did have a slip that led to the Werner having a clear open opportunity that he tucked away but we had the benefit of VAR on our side but away from that slip he was he was immense and yeah I couldn't choose him because you chose him so um, shout out to Aurier and I, and I agree I think playing like this to this level this is back to back Premier League games he played well against Man United as well he has performed at a very high level and Doherty hasn't, if we're honest, Doherty hasn't. Um, we know that pff, Serge is probably more dynamic. And in Doherty's defence, he's probably better suited to five than he is four. And this is probably why we're not seeing the all-singing, all-dancing Matt Doherty. So maybe it's not a fair comparison at this moment in time, but someone questioned why we had Aurier in our predicted lineup before kickoff, And I said, merit. Very simple. He played in the last league game, was fantastic, and he's backed it up again. So he starts against Arsenal. Yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's very fair. But we've got um, we've got a uh, Linsk S A S K. Lask Lask Linsk. Um, and I mean, it's look. It should be a straightforward, straightforward um, experience. You know, should be like a comfortable Europa League come through, do the business and go. But it's away from home. Can't take anything for granted. The sooner we wrap this this group up, the better. So you want to do that, but all you also want to take every opportunity to blood in the squad and rest people where you can, right? And if if the last Europa outing is anything to go by, I think yes, you've got to take in consideration who we were playing. But perhaps it started to click with some of these guys the importance of taking the Europa League seriously. We won't know. I, I don't think we'll actually know until after this game. Because if they just revert to type and end up like with another Antwerp um, performance, then we'll be pissed. So, I don't know. Would you leave any of our key players behind? That not fly? No. Really? No, 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 no. No. I agree with your concept of leaving the likes of Lloris, Kane, Hoybier and Dombele at home. I agree with that in principle. However, I think us being top of the table is actually making people believe that we're actually better than we are Yeah. at this moment in time. I don't think we are as good as we think we are. Um, and I mean that by, yes, Kane and Son are world-class and they are both at the peak of their powers. That's a fact. Hoybier is probably at the peak of his powers, maybe a year removed. Dombele isn't at the peak of his powers, but he's still being very effective. Now, these guys and Lloris are combining with other guys who are very good and regular on, yeah, almost on their level. But you take these guys out of the side 
And that spine that we've touched on being our strength isn't as strong. There's admirable replacements, but you've taken out two men from the midfield. And what do you always say? And what do we always say? The game is won and lost in midfield. Yeah, I hope so. And Winks, like I'm sure people talk about Winks being sold. You weren't having a bar of Winks last week, as well as some said, say he played. So Winks is his replacement. And then you've got usually one of the others will Sissoko or Hoybier will play. But if you talk about not playing Hoybier, that means Sissoko, Winks, a midfield pairing that didn't work, anchored by, not anchored, but with Delhi or Lo Celso. It's good, but it's not what Mourinho sees as safe and guaranteed. You've noticed last week when it wasn't going his way, or when we kind of lost our way at 2-0, what did he do? He readied Hoybier and brought him on because Hoybier is the Mourinho on the pitch. But this is why I don't think he should go. Because, look, people aren't going... like The, the rest of the squad isn't going to learn to step up if we continue to bring Hoybier on like 20 minutes before every game. Like, at one point... I know it's a dangerous experiment, but at one point we have to roll the dice and let them play. Because if not... if Imagine bringing Hoybier on like, against a bunch of guys who are just playing for pride. Right in the Europa League because they're not going to win it, but they're playing out of pride and they and they you know g'd up and you get an unnecessary, you get an unnecessary um, injury. Like it's just not worth it because we know that he's one player. Look, we I know the importance of Kane, we know the importance of Lloris, but arguably you can master it. There's no one who can do what Hoiberg does. If we lose Hoiberg, I'm telling you, titles run, stun. That's not even yeah, a, I, I, I exaggeration. So. Mourinho has to take these opportunities to blood in a different kind of mentality with a player who he believes can be the understudy. It, we would love, we would love to have Skip right now, given how he's performing. We would love to have Skip to come in and step in this, but we don't, right? So he has to, he needs to find an alternative. He needs to find an alternative. Like, I, so, I, I think that Sissoko has even been fantastic this season. But if we lost Sissoko, I feel like we could perhaps manage it. If we lost Hoibier, it's a wrap, mate. It's a wrap. Yeah, no, it is. But do you know what? We took that gamble against Antwerp, right? We took that gamble. That gamble, that was the gamble. Had we won that game, we wouldn't be in this position. We would have had 12 points, okay? We know that we could finish top, even if we drew or lost against Lask. We have a home game against Antwerp, and that would have been the decider to who finished top. It probably wouldn't even have been. But we've already lost that game. And that is the reason why Mourinho doesn't want to just qualify. He wants to qualify top. So to avoid any unnecessary hard battles in the next round, he wants to finish top. And in order to finish top, we need to beat Lask. And he doesn't want to make any mistakes again. And that's why the guys will travel, maybe not start, but they will certainly travel. At least three of those four will travel. So, okay, so you you take you take Luis. Kane, Dombele and Hoiberg, you take them all. I'm not saying I would. I'm saying what I think he's going to do. Yeah, I'm not thinking. About, uh, I'm not talking about what, you, what he. What, we're not talking about what you think he's going to do. I'm asking what you would do. I would take. I would leave Kane, but you know Kane will want to travel. But I would leave Kane. I would leave Loris, although I don't think he did much. I had to do much yesterday. Um, but Hoybier, I would kind of wrap him in cotton wool because I know that he's actually playing for an injury. So I would definitely keep him at home. And Dombele played two games last week, so maybe he could travel but not play. 
that's what I would do. Leave so. him at home, mate. Leave him at home. Let the Celso have the have the full game, and you know, the Celso is the available. Sorry. If fit. Yeah, fine. But if you want to bring him off the bench, that's cool. But and Ali can start. Yeah. Then he can yeah, start. There's options. There's options, mate. There's options. Even if you have to throw a youngster in there, do it. Do it. Um, all right. Cool. I think I think we'll see how that game comes. I don't think there's much more to be said about that game. But following that, we've got a big one. We've got a big Here one. Here we got. We've got the scummiest of scum. The lowest of the low. Yeah. The worst of the worst. Uh, we do, we do. Yeah, I don't know, man. They they are in poor form at the moment, but they always say that when it comes to derbies, like form goes out the window. Doesn't matter. It, it does, absolutely it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. And I can, to be honest, people will say I'm being negative, but it wouldn't surprise me for them to turn up and get a result because a hundred percent. We've seen it before. We've seen it too many times before. Um, we've seen it too many times before. So, I guess. What what are you looking out for in this fixture? Aubameyang. I'm looking out for Aubameyang. He always scores against us. Uh, he's playing up top. We don't have pace at the back, not really. Roden has a bit of pace. Um, and he's due a goal. And you know what happens when players are due a goal or haven't scored in months. He goes in off their backside against us. So um, Aubameyang's a threat up there. I mean, they're not playing well. But he has ability and we can't take it away from him. And yeah, sooner or later, one of these goals are going to go in for him. And you know, if we're Tottenham of old, it will be against us. That said, they're not cohesive. They're not confident. I can't see Luis playing on Saturday, although he hasn't gone through the sorry, Sunday, although he hasn't gone through the concussion protocol. Um, and that means holding will play. Tierney, I'm not really a fan of. Um, and Shaka, they've got no party. I think Elneny will be back. But there's nobody there. Maybe Sabellos. No one there that really scares me, just Aubameyang. So that battle there with Dyer and Roden is the one that I think we need to win. And then we win the game. What about you? I think surprisingly, I think the, no party is like a massive miss for sure um, for them. And I think it will allow us to control midfield turnover really quickly, which I'm very positive about. But their defence, Gabriel has been like their one good signing all season. And I can he seems like the kind of person who would do a lot of the scummy things that some defenders aren't prepared to do. So, Kane getting the better of him is going to be really important. He's going to have to be moving him around. He's going to have to be getting him into foul trouble. That kind of stuff. Like, basically doing what he did to Laporte. Like, have him all over the place. That's going to be a massive, yeah, that's going to be a really key battle for me. Yeah, I don't see Gabriel coming out to Kane as a 10. I don't think he would do that just because of what we saw yesterday with Kante kind of dealing with Kane when he goes in there because that's the mistake Laporte made right coming out yeah. I think you're right when Kane's up top that's a battle that Gabriel's going to have to win and I, I don't see I mean he's, he's strong he's good in the air and he has looked like a good find for them although he did get done by Podence um, nicely yeah well, the, um, Pod- he, he sent, he's sent him for a bag of chips mate lifted over him nicely <laughs> oh god uh, 
yeah, had all the time in the world. But you're right, he has looked like their most um, consistent centre-back. And that is a battle. If Kane wins that battle, Kane's due a goal in the North London derby. He didn't score in the last one, so he's due. So hopefully him and Son find the gaps that they're likely to leave at the back. And then I think it's a wrap. But do you, how do you think we approach this game? Because they were talking about, obviously, for the last two games, we've um, sat back and given up possession, but we're top of the table, they're 14th. Should we go for it? Or do you think we play a more reserved and let them come on to us because they are a possession-based side? Um, I think I think what we need to do is to let them take initiative. Because right now, they're playing, they're playing in patterns of play. Right, that's what that's what um, Arsenal seem to be doing. Like, it's very Pep-like. They're trying to play in specific like patterns. So, you kind of let them do that. You disrupt. You disrupt one pattern. You disrupt one pattern, and then spring the attack, and then they're just kind of their sixes and sevens. So, I think that's actually the smartest way to play them. Let them do their thing, because it's not like you can guarantee a goal with every pattern, right? You just do it and see how it goes, right? So, you build that. Go break it up. If it ends in like a, it might. If, if it ends in a in a shot on goal, that's one thing. Because then they get to reset and go again. But if you can win it in transition and then put them on the back foot, they'll be all over the place. And then we can take advantage of that, pick them off on the counter. And I think if we can get a couple of two couple, um, early goals, and we'll just kind of like chill. But then it's a derby, and you get nervy, and people don't want to lose it. So, but we'll be at home, man. Yeah. We'll be at home, and I think. Marino loves to with, be Arsenal. With, sorry to cut you, yeah. with 2,000 fans, 2,000 lucky fans. That's well. true, that's true, that's true. All in the South Stand. Yeah. Um, and I've applied, so let's see if I can get through. I mean, if you can't make it for any reason, I'll take it. <laughs> well, it's difficult now because of the way they've done it, right? You have to validate your identity. And I think they send the ticket to your phone. So you're going to have to come and grab my, my phone and um, take it with you. Yeah, no, if I can't make it, that's 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 no problem, mate. Trust me, I can find a way to do that. I can find a way to get that done. Social social distancing and all of that, and all of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I will be out of it by then, so we're all right. I mean, yeah, obviously think... we, we like to play by the rules over here. <laughs> no, going back to the Arsenal, I think it's a must-win game for them. Could you imagine at this early stage of the season, um, if they lost, it would be eleven points gap. And potentially they could be as low as I think it would be seventeenth if the others around them won. I mean, and they're not. Yeah, go on. Go on. No, you go. You go. On. I was going to say they're not calling for Arteta's head yet because obviously he's a pep eye, he's a former player, and the future looked bright. But if he's got them in seventeenth after twelve, is it twelve games they would have played? Yeah. Uh, that's a bit worrying. They've sacked managers for less, so I don't see them sacking him. I'm just saying. Pochettino was 14th, was 14th with 18 points and got sacked. Yeah, but to be honest, well, I with guess you, it was the year of decline with Pochettino. Yeah, it was the year of decline. It was the manner of decline, all that kind of stuff. But to be honest, like Arsenal aren't even on my radar, man. I don't even like. I don't even think about. I don't, do not think about them whatsoever. Like, it's it's. Like Deli Ali said it the other day, he's like he currently he sees Chelsea as more of a rival than Arsenal because playing Arsenal is like a formality. Like you'll draw oh, one, you'll draw one game, you'll beat you'll beat them the other game. It's calm, but like 
Chelsea, you're, you're, you're usually vying for like you're vying for something big, like they're involved. And you know he likes to rile people, like he knows he's, he's saying it, yeah. he's saying the right things. But like right now, this season, that's how I feel. Like I, I, I hate losing to Arsenal mostly because of the fact that I grew up in Tottenham. Yet all of my friends, like being black, all of my friends from Tottenham are Arsenal fans because of Ian Wright. And so for yeah, years, yeah. I've been the only guy like back in Tottenham. So now, when I see them all miserable in the group chat and they're flipping moaning, like, bruv, I'm just like, ah, drink it in, bruv. Inject it into my flipping veins, you scumbags. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's more, it's more of like a, a hatred for the fans. But as, as a club, it's a nothing club to me, man. Spending 17 mil on Pepe, bruv. Get a life. We did. Um, so yeah, so for me, it's, yes, that's that's the that's the big thing about it. But like you say, it's a derby. Form goes out the window. No one wants to lose. I think that those those tactical kind of battles we've identified are going to be pivotal. So need to make sure we do that. But if we can beat Arsenal, I think if we beat Arsenal, I'll take a win out of Leicester and Liverpool and. I will consider that a well, very, very successful negotiation of, of um, that kind of tough run of fixtures we have. Well, let's not negate the fact that we have Palace in between the Liverpool game. So we need to, if we beat Arsenal, like you say, that's seven points out of three. And then I think I was calling for ten points out of the five games. So the Palace and Liverpool. Yeah. Okay, so if we beat Arsenal and beat Palace that's the 10 points already Liverpool's a free hit that said Liverpool are there and thereabouts um, and it would be better to beat a rival if we had to choose one victory over the other um, hopefully we won't come to that and we win all but I think with this Liverpool side and we've touched on it right at the moment we're in a title race uh, <laughs> let's, let's at the moment you have to say at the moment let's the season <laughs> moment we are in the title it's race. the most cautious like declaration <laughs> declaration ever <laughs> oh my goodness yeah i said earlier that we're not fighting for the title we're fighting for top spot cool because that's that's where we are at the moment so let me go back to that then but my point is this right leicester lost tonight they could have joined us with liverpool on top spot city are six points off of it with a game in hand i believe so let's call it three points they can also, we know with the talent they've got, they can put a run together. We're not stuttering, but we're not playing fluently. Yeah. Um, but maybe we don't need to. So let's watch this space. Liverpool are going to be there or thereabouts. But listen, this is the opportunity. They, sp- they spoke of the Leicester season as the missed opportunity to win the title. This is an opportunity to win the title. And I say that because Liverpool have done well to be where they are. They have a magnitude of injuries. And VVD being injured for pretty much the season is going to have a big impact. right? Gomez, Matip, Fabinho, that combination. Is it Williams who played at the weekend? No, no comparison to VVD. And they've had other injuries. If we can't capitalise on this season then, yes, we are growing. Yes, the mentality is growing, etc. under Mourinho. I hear that. But if we can't capitalise, then we may not get another opportunity in the next two years. I strongly believe that, even though we are growing. And this is there's a long way to go with this team. There's a long way to go. And I think, I wonder, it's like, 
if we put, if say we finish like second or third this season, I don't think there'll be further investment really. Like I, we just financially, I just don't see it happening. Do we then consider ourselves to be like perfectly poised to take the next step forward, or do we expect Man City to retool? Chelsea to have another year under their belt. Do you see what I mean? There's so many things to consider. So, yeah, I yeah. mean, yes, we are currently in the title race. Now, I think we just have to go for it. We have to go for it. Yeah. I, one thing that I think about and why I say the time is now Carp DM is because of that financial loss. If Bell doesn't come good, um, which is still a question mark, then what happens with him? Who do we get in? Remember, we got him on a free, so we're not going to sell him. He's on loan. We do have the option. But my biggest concern is one of the, the most important players to our team in the way we play right now is Reguilón. Okay. And I know it's early days and I'm not being, uh, I don't know. But apparently he has, Real Madrid have the option to buy him back this summer. Oh, sorry. The forthcoming summer and the summer afterwards. So two opportunities. And he's been absolutely amazing so far this season. And... Marcelo has not done well. It's not even featured, I don't think. It's only been Mendy who's featured um, for Real Madrid this season. So yeah. there is a possibility, a strong possibility, that they come calling. And it's down to the kid whether he wants to go back or not at that point. I mean, I'm not, so even, that's I'm a not, fair. I'm not even thinking about that, to be honest with you. I know. You're hearing now. I'm all about hearing now. I'm all about hearing now. And for right now... We're top of the league and long may continue. Two weeks on the trot. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll take that. I'll take that. Um, all right, so I think that's all for this um, this week. But hopefully, hopefully, we can come back on our next episode and we would have seen another, like, two wins. If, like, <laughs> if we could do that, <sighs> mate. I mean, you know what? Yeah. Let me not say anything else, but... They say to dare is to do, Rev. But right now, I'm daring myself to dream, so we'll see. I'm just going to say on that point, right, you've just said we'll come back on the next pod. So if we do have those two victories and we limp over the line in both of those, I don't want any bemoaning of style or anything next week, all right? Hey, I've had all the style in the world, mate. I've had all the style in the world. I've seen us score four goals at home and lose. So <laughs> style can gather with the mate. I've had, my, I've had my time with style. Me and style... We had a great marriage. We're on a break right now. Getting down and dirty with something that doesn't work that well. But boy, if it's going to bring me trophies, I'll do it for a bit. So you're no longer shopping in Gucci, you're shopping in Primani. I mean, it hasn't gone that far, bro. <laughs> it hasn't gone that far, but it's not. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not designer. There's nothing wrong with Primani, man. It's not nothing right. wrong nah. with Primani. Nah, nah, nah. That, that, that gap is too big. <laughs> that gap is too big. But um, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's, I think that's it. Unless anything else you want to get into? No, I'm good. I'm good. I think that's it. Cool, cool, cool. Well, um, guys, thank you very much for rocking with us. Um, we appreciate you. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. Five stars only because we only give you five-star content. You can follow us on Shelf Pod, Twitter for all the rants and ravings, controversial conversations, and lineups, changes, and discussions. Um, yeah, so you can do that. Um, give someone a gift to the pod, guys. Give somebody gifts the pod. It's the season to be giving. So, the pod, man, is free. Improve someone's uh, listening experience. Give them something interesting and insightful to listen to. So, please do that. 
Um, until then, it's good night from me. And it's good night from me. Run that outro. Side, 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 side